0: Welcome to Sorker! Get the
1: fast. Get the This is an
0: unlawful gathering. This is an unlawful gathering. The truth is out there. The truth is out there. This is the underground. This is new media. This is the underground. This is new media. Ranger fans, remember what's
2: in critical thinking hangar. Ranger fans, remember what's in the critical thinking hanger.
3: Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash underground. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Blue Shirt Underground Radio. Today is Tuesday, November 4th. Good evening, Eddie. How are you? I'm doing good.
1: Glad, to hear, Glad oh, to
3: hear it. Glad to hear it.
0: Look at this chat room. It's a little poultry. It,
3: Not or, poultry. Poultry <laughs> as in Pauly D-tree. <laughs> <laughs> What's going you on? What I did I there? Uh, I see what you did. You did good. It is what it is.
0: <laughs> well, if your lips are wet and ready to get- <laughs>
3: Like when I mean, Charlie Brown looks in the mailbox at Christmas time. Hello, there. <laughs> wow, two shootout losses, and this is where the faithful
0: go—they, they, they disappear on us. Oh, daddy! Oh, dearly.
1: <laughs>
3: <clears throat> On a night we got a big shoe, really big shoe planned for you. We got. Uh, Russ Cohen and Adam Rader, or if you prefer, Adam Rader and Russ Cohen, who have written a brand-new book, which I have in my hands, 100 Things Ranger Fans Should Know and Do Before They Die. It is an absolute must-own, must. I know Howie Sussman's got his. I saw his review on Amazon. Mine's right underneath him. Book is fantabulous. And we'll get to the bottom of that when we get Russ and Adam. I have...
0: I have a copy. I
3: bought it yesterday. Have you you begun to read it yet? Nah, I just went to the page. They talk about me. Well, that's, I mean, uh, well, yeah, I mean, obviously, we did that first. And we will autograph the book for you, by the way, if you are at that page. If you're at the viewing party, which will take place Saturday, December 20th at 7 p.m., or if you prefer, 6 p.m., we'll get it started early. And we're going to we're 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 going to a new location. We're gonna be at Percy's Tavern in New York City, where our bartender will be none other than Colin Cosell. Percy's Tavern is located at two hundred ten Avenue A, that is thirteenth Avenue and Avenue A. Not far from the uh I think it's near the Williamsburg Bridge, if I'm not mistaken. Well, no, maybe not. But it is near Bellevue. That's convenient. Uh, and how inappropriate. Right. Really. Right. Maybe we can get a group rate and stay over at Bellevue <laughs> and, so we can go, go to the game. game the next time. Right. Ooh, you're thinking. Who says you're not, you're not a a b You say you're not a businessman. Look what you're thinking. Look at me. Look at wheeling and dealing. We can get a look group at rate at that Bellevue. <laughs> <laughs> take the, we'll take the Ranger rubber room, please.
0: Yes. yes resort and spa for blue shirt. Insane. Uh, what did I have to say? No, it's not a freaking hipster joint. Just go to the website and a will cure your L.
3: No, it's, a, it's an Irish journey.
0: Yes, yeah, like, you know, whatever. I heard, uh, I, heard I don't Irish know. Show. I know Coles is probably wondering if they've got food and what the prices are and all this stuff. This is
3: what he they, goes through. They do have food. Okay, well, that's uh, there a good will be, thing. <laughs> there will be food, and there's the music. There will be food and drink specials. And every time you go to their website, you hear this song. Uh, there will be food and drink specials just for the underground. I don't know Stay if they right have cheesecake. There. I don't know if they have cheesecake, and I don't know if they have milk. <laughs> Oh, that's my cheesecake. Cheesecake? Oh, my leg! Oh, my leg! Cheesecake! (laughs) Yeah. Whoa.
0: So, yeah, if you don't know, Colin is uh, the grandson of Howard Cosell, and I jest you not. He is going to be bartending there, and I'm sure he's going to hook us up. He's a great guy and a big fan of the show, and super big time ranger fan. I, I
2: don't know what the fuck you people do.
0: And and he's right. Howard, <laughs> even from the grave, is right. He doesn't know what we do. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a good time. I'm looking forward to it. It should be uh, quite the event.
3: It's part well, one of our uh, blue Shirt Underground weekend.
0: And who knows? The next night, maybe one of you will suit up and play Ranger D. Because they're pulling everybody out of the woodwork.
3: Entirely possible.
0: Uh, Entirely possible. Latest and greatest,
3: the Chevy Cabriolet is being (laughs) uh, tried out. Thomas Cabriolet. Now we're taking Devils. That's how bad. Now we're taking Devils tryout castoffs. Well, we did have a uh, some success with Anton
0: Stralben, who, if you remember, was a devil's
3: tryout camp that's true but Look I at don't, you, that's twice I don't, tonight now you've You've been thinking two moves ahead of me. Look
0: at you. I know, but you know the thing is
3: that's not going to be
0: the case with Thomas Cailla. <laughs> <laughs> where's he playing I heard he's having a i I think I saw Russ Cohen actually post something that hes having trouble with his passport. I mean, uh, who knows? He may have joined ISIS in the interim. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. So so we don't know. So uh, how are you feeling about these last two games? Because,
3: uh, just how are you feeling about these last two games? Um. I, I, I felt i felt worse after the after they lost to winnipeg than i did uh last night i i thought uh last night was last night they a couple of bad bounces i i don't know how they missed forty seven empty nets last night uh, a little bad luck i guess Winnipeg, I, I didn't, I didn't, I, I, I still can't figure out how they lost to Winnipeg in a shootout.
0: I, 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 I thought Pap played unbelievable. I mean, he played really well. They got stoned. He outplay he, he played better than Lundqvist. Oh, I dare you. Uh, I'm just saying. Sometimes you run into a hot goalie, and I've said it on the show t- before. Sometimes you just lose. I mean, you know, they, uh, you know, I see people writing, oh, uh, wow, the offense and the forwards, this is to blame. And Sometimes you just lose. And uh, I thought they ran into two hot goalies. I think last night Elliott played very well, although I don't know how Chris Kreider missed that open net. Kevin Hayes had like, uh, you know, 65 uh, chances. <laughs> I yeah. just thought the, was going to go in, and it didn't. Um, I thought the forwards. I, I the way I'm feeling is they could have easily lost two games, and they managed to get two points out of those games. Uh, last night's, you know, with the the defense being set up the way it was, uh, with Michael Koska and. Dylan McElrath making his season debut, uh, and Matty Hunwick, and the great Connor Allen, and the great Dan Girardi, who they were praising how good he's been playing, and then he gave the puck away on the power play, and I wanted to freaking rip his throat out. Somebody get that guy off the power play. Somebody. It's not happening. I know. It's not gonna, it's it's gonna happen. Never gonna happen. And and my beef with him is not so much that he he's offensively challenged is that and he did do this last night was he actually did get the puck to the net but do you see how the way Mike and I don't want to say Hunwick is like Bobby Orr or whatever but you see the way Hunwick kind of just get he gets the puck through it's not blocked it's not wide he's not trying to put it through the back of the net he just kinda of gets it to the net and then you know, when you when you're addressing a Ryan Malone, there's a nice opportunity to get maybe a tip in front. Kreider's always in front. Things could happen.
3: My problem he with Girardi sh- He finds sorry. the shooting lanes, he finds the shooting lanes is what you're trying to say. Right. Yeah.
0: And I think Girardi's horrible at
3: that. I think he's horrible at that.
0: But let me not get under standards. So, last night, I mean, the night before, everything went kablooey. Because, you know, we lost the two defensemen. Klein with the contusion. Now, I haven't heard too many guys go, I guess it must be some kind of deep bone contusion Because usually these guys are right out there again. And he missed last night's game. And then, McDonough. So I'll start with McDonough. Now, have we got any official word of what this is, a grade one, grade two? What's the
3: prognosis on Ryan McDonough at this point? Four to six weeks. And right now, that is the optimistic uh, estimate.
0: Now, he got hurt on a clean play, as far as I'm concerned, Van Kane. Hit him squarely. Now, is this something we're going to have to worry about?
3: I well, mean, you always worry when your captain's not in the lineup.
0: No, but I mean, like, uh, is this going to be a problem? I and mean, this is the—is sh- it the same shoulder that he hurt last year?
3: Yes. I mean, we don't want another Barry to... Beck on our hands, right?
0: Right. Who was hit by Pat Flatley... Again, another disgraceful moment in Ranger history was then we then got Pat Flatley. Right. That should have never happened. What organization? Barry Beck, who was one of the most beloved players at that time, and probably our captain when it happened, Ah. four years later, eh, get Pat (laughs) Flatley. Eh, get Dan Carstillo. Hey, it's just, you know, Whatever. Just again So uh, Now they're really up Schitt's Creek without a paddle On defense I mean uh, It was also interesting uh, interesting, Jim I don't know how you feel about this Um, A.V. was He kind of backhanded Stall a little bit like it was a compliment but it was like kind of like he says you know he says i you know mark is starting mark Stahl's starting to play like the player i heard about when i first came here um he's a, he's in a he's a slow starter but he's starting to play like that player I saw at the end of last year and the player that I heard before I came here. So maybe, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, is Mark Stoll a slow starter? I mean, I've never really noticed it and never really kept tabs on it. Yeah. Well,
3: well It's a uh, definitely a gentle... Uh, dig at Stall, and I don't think that's the first time he said that either. I seem to remember him saying that last year. Yeah.
0: Like saying, oh, I keep waiting for Stahl, like, you know, like, almost like he's he's got a lot of hype around him, but he hasn't seen that hype. Right. And uh, so they need Mark Stahl to step up, and they certainly need Dan Girardi to step
3: up. Uh, I what thought, was your? Go ahead. Well, I I did think that last night was probably the best game Mark Stahl's played all season. As I because as you, if you remember, I said last last week Mark Stahl stinks, but uh, I thought he played pretty well last night. And I was. And it I, the, thought Gir, I thought your, I thought played well except for that giveaway, yeah on the power play, you know,
0: he, yeah I know <laughs> except <for laughs> the, the the two on one short handed, but still I thought he played. he played good. I thought yeah. Hunwick had a good game. I really like the way Hunwick moves the puck. I mean I'm not I'm not gonna you know, I'm not anointing him Brian Leach. I'm just saying for what he
3: is, he does move the puck well. And he's pretty good on the power play. Not uh, you're not ordering a, a a Matt Hunwick jersey just yet. Gonna Attila the Hunwick. No,
0: <laughs> I am not getting a Matt Hunwick jersey yet. Just yet. Not yet. I thought Connor Allen played better than, you know, he is what he is, but uh, he certainly didn't look like the preseason Connor Allen who looked atrocious.
3: Yeah, he didn't play. I don't think he played much in the third period. But then he ran him out there in overtime. Well, oh, that's my problem.
0: I I had a well, the short the the, the power play goal that uh, I think Tampa got, not Tampa, yeah. St. Louis got. I think to tie the game, did they get the power play goal to tie the game?
3: Yes, one tomato, okay. one one.
0: He he had McElrath, and I forget who. It, it must have been Allen or Koska out there killing penalties. No. <laughs> I don't even want them out there even strength. No less than a pressure situation.
3: Huh. He's got to put him out there I mean, at I some point. But not on the power play. That's two minutes they don't see the ice. Well, what are your other options? <laughs> because your only other option is Dan Girardi, and you don't want him out there either. You're, you're advocating no, a five-forward power a play. A penalty kill. Saying. A penalty kill. Or a penalty, a
0: penalty kill. kill. <clears throat>
3: Girardi, Stahl, Connor,
0: Allen, Hunwick. I don't want Dylan McIlrath
3: anywhere where he's got to make a decision. <laughs> You don't want him at the stage deli ordering lunch. <laughs> Nothing you've got to do where it requires a decision.
0: And I don't know if you noticed, but uh, the last two days I've been on that Twitter the twatter. You follow me on that?
3: I had not noticed. Of course I'm following you. Huh. I, haven't, I, I have not been on Twitter much the last uh, couple of days.
0: What? What's the matter <clears throat> with you?
3: Just, just today. Well, you know, let's you see. Did you get a little sick of it. No, no. Uh, I don't. So know. you were I on just, there. I've been, past- I've been busy. I've been busy we're getting ready for auto on there, I see. Oh, come on! That was brilliant stuff. I can't believe that. I can't believe that didn't get more attention. I thought. I thought that last one that when I said that. <laughs> you you probably shot shot it wide on her too. Knowing your aim, she probably took one in the elbow. I thought that was one of the best tweets I've ever came up with, and it got very little play. Very little play. Well, it's very disappointed. A cool. all X-rated. <laughs> oh, but I thought so it was funny. <laughs> and I said, I now know we know. Funny. Now we know why you got so many hooking penalties.
0: That one was good. <laughs> Well, you can add. You can add his tally to blocks because that that woman blocked her him. No, he actually blocked her. Uh, and I went at it with Costa today. He's like, "Who cares? Who cares? It's oh, funny. You know, it makes me laugh. That's why I care."
3: Uh, look at this. Hold on. I got this right here.
0: Rangers123 is saying, yeah, he did leak leak about MDC's prostitution problem last year on here. Uh, I'll give you credit on that. Full marks. Full marks on that, Rangers123. So
3: I... Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I am logged into the uh, Blue Shirt Radio Twitter account, and I was not following Range of Crisis. I apologize for that. But I try and follow Range of Crisis, and it says, you have been blocked from following this account at the request of the user. <laughs> Your own radio show can't follow you on Twitter. That's how off the grid you want to be. Well, how even, do I fix Even that? you won't follow you on Twitter. <laughs> how, how do I fix that? I have no idea I have no clue.
0: Hmm. No clue. I'm already in it <laughs> well anyway i had uh I had tweeted that with the Rangers being short defensemen, this is the jux the gist of the post that with the Rangers being short defensemen, that it would behoove Mr. Dylan Mal not to take a fighting major and maybe just concentrate on hockey to impress the coaches. Right. Well, (laughs) he sees the first goon out there that wants to chat him up, and he's fighting that Reeves character, you know. And it just shows to me that it's just the head – I don't know, just, just the headiness of this guy is not there. I mean, now you're down to five defensemen, mean it wound up he took also took a minor, so he had seven minutes in penalties, I think, in the first period. And I'm like, here we go. Is this guy just a goon? Because, I frankly, you can't have – if he's just a goon, If he, like even Stink Pickle, Stu Bickle – did have – he did fight, but he did try to play as well. Not so good, but he tried. He didn't go out there looking for a fight every time. You, We cannot afford to have a defenseman. Screws up everything. A right. forward you could – fourth line forward you could deal with. Especially at this time when, you know – Oh, Samson's about to lace them up and jump the boards and play D. To have this guy just, what I think is selfishness. Learn to play the game, Dylan.
4: Stay on the ice.
0: Learn. And then, of course,
4: and I'm not like,
0: I want him to succeed. I'm not rooting against Dylan.
4: Then I got to watch
0: Vladimir Tarasenko, the guy who was taken in the 2000 draft at the 16th position blow past our draft pick who was taken at the 10th position in the 2000 draft. Like he's not standing still and then making this fantastic move around Talbot and scored. I mean, he blew past the whole team, not just McIlrath. But it's like insult to injury. It was like... And then Tarasenko winds up getting the shootout goal. So it was like... Yeah, screw you, Ray. Sands. Yeah. <laughs> it was like the the big. They gave me the arm right away. Right, screw you. <laughs> I,
2: it just
3: well. So. Where do I begin with Dylan McElriss? Uh He, you know, he thinks he's he's at there. Thinking he's got something to prove as far as the fighting goes, when he really doesn't. And like you said, that was the last thing the Rangers needed last night. <clears throat> so he did, I don't think he did himself any favors with that. Uh, this poor kid, you know, he's played what three NHL games, and he's already and he's already deemed a bust by by ninety percent of the fan base, just because he's he's disliked be, because of who he's not rather than for who he is. Which I think is kind of kind of unfair. He's not Cam Fowler, and he's not Tarasenko. You know, and he got yeah he got undressed by Tarasenko, but so did the whole like you said, so did the whole team on the ice. And Dylan Tarasenko is going to do that to far better players than Dylan McIlrath before his career is over. I'm
0: not trying to like have him just. I think. Justifying the pick that ship has sailed. Okay. But, come on, stop feeding me the same horseshit, Sam and Joe. Oh, Jeff Bookaboom's been working with him the last couple years. What is he taking a do fight? He doesn't look anything like Jeff Bookaboom. He doesn't even look like Jeff Bookaboom's kid. <laughs> he doesn't look like Brock bookaboom He don't look like no bookaboom He looks like a
3: Buka Bus. <laughs>
0: Buster Boom, Buster Boom, a the hell is he teaching them over there? Kids got no smarts. I'm gonna need a fight. Keanu Reeves. What are that guy's name is?
3: <laughs> he is one scary dude.
0: That 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 dude. He's he's large and in
3: charge. That guy. <laughs> yeah. He's a yeah. big boy, but uh and I mean, he just looks and me. I mean, he's mean looking, and he's really not that big. He's six one, like two twenty five, but he's imposing. He looks a lot bigger than he is.
0: Jeff Boogaloom's
3: been working with him,
0: <laughs> more like Jeff <laughs> Tom's has been working with him. And I don't like the way... I'll tell you what really annoys me about his defensive play. You know what gap control is, right? Yes, sir. Okay, now that's when a player's coming in on you and you're the defenseman and you want to make sure there's a small small gap between you and him. Well, it's not that the gap is so big. He starts... When he... When when that... He leaves... It can't even I'm drawing diagrams here at home. This is how crazy I am about this. Is that he will actually leave his position to go Wait. higher to the point man. Like he goes he leaves his position when like somebody is coming in on him almost yeah. to go he goes too far up. And it's like, dude, just stay back be the most offensive defenseman you can be. That's all we want. I don't I, want, feel like I don't you. care about you I don't care about the first pass. I don't care about <laughs> just shut him down. Uh, You're a six-line defense and he can't.
3: I feel like you should have like a a clicker. Coach, this is like the coach's clicker, you know? And now we go to the coach's Let's go to the coach's corner with any. <laughs>
0: Well, you know what gas control is, right?
3: <laughs> it's great. I love it. You're coaching. He just leaves his... I, I don't want
0: any improv, Dylan. Just be a defensive defenseman. That's all. And maybe he can learn, but he's not learning from Jeff Buchum. So stop start with, start with that malarkey, Sam. Stop it. We're too smart for it. We all know that J.J. Daniel, who's not along with the team, I think he's with Montreal, he worked with a lot of the Rangers defensemen. He's responsible for a, a lot of their success, including Ryan McDonough's. That's it. Stay in your lane, Dylan. Exactly. Coach Rangers, one, two, three. Helping me
3: out there on the board. <laughs> I like it. Now, what's going on with when You learn listen to this show.
0: What's going on with Zuccarello? He's hurt again? I, I told you a couple weeks
3: ago that I think this guy's playing hurt. What happened to him now? He's back on the ice today. Uh, I, let me see. What's the latest here on Zuccarello? Uh, skated today. Feels better. See how it feels tomorrow. Uh that's it. Uh, no, no Stepan tomorrow night, or Stepan, or one of these days I'll get his name right. Uh, still, still none of him tomorrow night. I think he's still got the yellow non-contact jersey on. So does Dan Boyle. Dan Boyle's going to be reevaluated. Uh, you know, there's something that tells me the the, the 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 Ranger fan in me tells me that we're going to be lucky to get 30 games out of Dan Boyle this year. <laughs>
0: Wow, it, 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 it's, I mean they're getting killed with injuries. I mean they are—they're uh, getting killed with injuries. Yeah, and they're still managing it to hold it together. I mean it hasn't been—I know they didn't win, and when they lose, we get all like, oh sh- yeah, we don't feel good when even a shootout loss—it feels like crap. But they're getting points. So I try to keep that in mind. I try to keep that, you know, my Rangers' sanity intact. They're getting, the forwards are doing a great job of keeping that puck on the other end. Let's just see score more. I mean, there's been it – was, it was a period in each one of those games where the Rangers utterly dominated those teams. Yes, they utterly dominated a, a period where they were just – and uh, I don't know uh, it's got to be scrappy and stay in there and keep it going. You know, Martin St. Louis with two goals last night.
3: Yeah, finally.
0: Yeah. Breaking out. Now, and then, he's uh, only
3: two behind Ryan Callahan.
0: Yeah, Ryan Callahan. Well, he's played more games than Ryan, too. Yeah.
3: That
4: doesn't make Oh, uh,
0: break up the lightning. <laughs> break up the lightning. Oh, one of the better teams of the league, Sam. And boy, Boyle, Strolzy. he's got like six assists. He's playing that power play. I love it. I love it. Anton Stroman can play that power play. He couldn't play our power play. Although Anton Stroman didn't look like he could play our power play when he was here. And I mentioned this too. It's mostly, I guess, because of Headman's out too. Who knows? I just know he's getting a boatload of ice time. Um, but I digress. And then the Ryan Malone yo-yo trick was. What 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 kind of hair is up Pavy's ass about Ryan Malone? They you looked good last ready. night.
3: You're you're in agreement with me on this, that there's something that A.V. just doesn't like about Ryan Malone. Wow. That's my take.
0: Yeah, well, when he comes out and he says, you have to earn a spot in the beginning of the season. Earn a spot. <laughs> Since you know, well, Tanner, Glass, Tanner Glass could take a Ride the Pine award. Was he? He's earning a spot every night, Tanner Glass? Give it a break. All of a sudden we're doing things on merit on this franchise. <laughs>
1: this Not on money.
0: Valerie Kamensky took like two seasons off. <laughs> I I can't take the Tanner Glass. Howie Sussman and rubbing the salt into the wounds further as he updated to us that Tarasenko has scored again
1: tonight
0: <laughs> in the third period. But you know, problem with Tarasenko though is he does get hurt. He's a concussion boy. He's injury prone, but he's already gotten uh, the gold medal <laughs> after have in his career already this season. Uh, so, what do you think? Why do you think he doesn't like
3: Malone? I, I honestly don't know. I, he must. Uh, I don't know. I really don't. I thought I think when Malone's been given a chance to play, he has played well and he's the type of guy that we all thought have, have said that the the Rangers have needed a guy that, you know, can stay in front of the net and be big in front of the net and get those goals. Uh so I really I don't know. I don't know what it is that he doesn't like about about it. Roy, but that's certainly what it seems like.
0: Well Roy Erickson in the chat room says Malone is too American for AV. And, norm- oh. I, and, normally, and normally I would say, hey, that's a pretty good joke. But there might be some reality to that. And I want to tell you why. Because when Anthony Duclair does anything, him and the assistant coaches are giddy. He gets an assist on that power play when he was playing the point. They're, did you see them pants to the coaches? They're all yeah. laughing.
2: What?
1: <laughs> declare? What did he This
2: contraption, I do declare.
1: My blackberry, Michael.
0: <laughs> I mean, they were le- yeah, were yucking it up. It was like, wow, Frenchie did good.
1: <laughs> the
0: all-American boy who likes to, in the past, is like to indulge in. The, A little bit of the
3: booger sugar. Yeah, the booger (laughs) sugar. The (laughs) chocaine. What what kind of snowblower you get us mixed up with here, Sather? All of a sudden,
0: he's got to make the team. (laughs) Right. I mean yeah, he's not the swiftest guy in the world, but I tell you what, nobody can move him in front of that net. He gets opportunities. You think uh you know, uh Tim Kerr could skate like Nancy Kerrigan? <laughs> oh, he was a plundering guy. See so is slow.
3: He was like Nancy Kerrigan after she took the pipe to the knee. yeah. Like Tanya,
0: so uh, I don't know. A little bit of politics going there, I think. A little favoritism. I, I also, got
3: two books. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, go, go ahead.
0: ahead. No, oh, and I was going Also, I seen McIlrest get his. He got hit by somebody on St. Louis. I don't know if any of you guys caught who hit him, but he got knocked on his ass too. You know, and he's a big boy. <laughs> There's a difference from the AHL and the NHL. And if I were him, I'd just concentrate on the game. Not who you get a to fight. Because nobody cares. If it was
3: 20 years ago, we'd care. But we don't care now. We don't care. We don't care. Did you see the care. size of the of the bruise on McIlrath's face after the fight with Reeves? He looked like he got hit with a cinder block. I thought you know, although you know, I I don't agree with the fight in itself at that point and by McElrath, I thought he held his own for most of that fight until the end and then and then Reeves tagged him a couple of times and you even heard the crowd go, Oh (laughs) Joe Oh Joe. Oh We don't care. Thank you, Paulie.
4: Yeah,
0: I uh, yeah, he got tagged. I, you know, you win some, you lose it. He mean, gain, He was all smiles, and and of course they went down to, to John Monito. and he's like, they were just chatting in there like they were just friends. Oh. <laughs> assistant, <laughs> assistant coach. Trying to think of some other wacky assistant coach. Mike Nicholas told me between periods.
3: Mike Nicholas. <laughs> it's a good one. Larry Pl- Plo, is that his name?
0: Larry Blow, yeah, Larry Plo. Who's the guy to? Oh, remember Tom? Oh no, I don't want to go down that road. Let's talk about old. Uh, the Rangers. This is just. I'm just going to go on this because I'm on this tangent. The Rangers. The only team right i think twice they traded for a uh, coach with the number 1 with their number 1 pick they got fred shiro they gave the flyers the number 1 and uh, michelle Bergeron. yes which is is ludicrous now, although they did go to the cup with Freddie the fox shiro it's still kind of ludicrous
3: but well i could I, want, I could be wrong I could be wrong about this, but I think the first-round pick that they gave up for Shiro wasn't their idea. I think that was the NHL that mediated that. I could be wrong about that. But, yeah, but definitely Bergeron, Espo, just, sure. I mean, what did Espo need with draft picks when you could trade for the Norman Rocheforts and Wolf Paymont's and and Bobby Carpenters of the world? Who needs draft picks? We don't need no stinking (laughs) draft picks around here. I got no time for that. I'm not going to be around in five years.
0: Yes, and I think Costa. I want. I'll continue. Costa says, we, yeah, "Gordy has not really nailed the first rounders yet, but the later rounds he picks good. So, what do I care? There's plenty of first round busts. You look at that 2000 draft and uh, the 2010 draft where McIlrath was taken. There are a lot of players who didn't do well that were taken way before." Even the ones taken before McLaras didn't pan out. So anyway. I was just like, you know, the Rangers really have an interesting history of hiring coaches. And you got those two debacles, right? You got Trache, who hand wrote his resume.
3: Look at me being right. Sorry. <laughs>
0: wow. how just
3: post- what what how he just posted. <laughs> to avoid tampering charges. Wow.
4: And it was
0: only Ken Lindsman. He didn't have a really good career, Uh, and (laughs) (laughs) he didn't amount to much. He didn't amount to much. So so you got you got Strache. First of all, his name uh, name is Brian Strache. By the way,
3: right? Uh, Just real quick. That's the other great thing about the Rangers is that when they do give up these first round picks, they always turn into somebody monumental. (laughs) They never turn yeah. into like you know. They're never huge estimates, <laughs> Exactly. The Nobody wastes
0: kick. a range draft pick. Quiet. <laughs> <laughs> they're the not throwing it away. They make it to the, make it to to the to range of
1: <laughs>
0: Exactly. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> so, so I, I know I'm on a tangent, but then they uh, Brian Trachte. First of all, he is an Isle the most hated. I mean, they might as well just gotten Dennis Pofford to be the coach. Then he impresses Sather with this thing he wrote in crayon. (laughs) This trache manifesto. (laughs) Apparently, the guy couldn't pay his taxes. (laughs) He couldn't do all this, but he he writes a damn good resume, let me tell you. (laughs) That whole 49-game... Farce with him as coach. Then, I think this was Zito hire. When they hired Tom Webster, does anybody remember Tom Webster? What he yeah, was saying? Yeah,
3: ear problem. He, <laughs> he couldn't, couldn't fly, fly <laughs> for
0: road games.
1: <laughs> <laughs> who are you the coach who can't be on the
0: road?
3: <laughs> yeah, he quit after like ten games or fifteen games or something like that. Oh my lord! Interference, yeah. but then he, but then he went and coached the Devils and was fine. He coached the Devils for a couple of years. That's
0: be Russ and Adam's new book:
3: Coach Buffoonery. Hundred Ranger Coach
0: Buffoonery. Well, it's not a hundred, but you know, it's at least a dozen. John D. Talbot with that sweatsuit. <laughs> what the hell? He was just like. John Ferguson, the GM's best friend. Basically, that's how he got the, the job. It's the work. <laughs> Show burst They couldn't even understand what he was saying
3: on the coach. Was it James Patrick told us that? They couldn't understand he would say,
0: and He would say the same thing in the pregame, everything. We've got to keep the furniture up. Yeah,
3: uh,
0: come on. So, I don't know. Even, so, uh, even, even
3: even when they got the coaching right, it was a, it was a disaster in the end with Kim. <laughs> I mean, he quit because he that's didn't get strikehand tickets. <laughs> who quits? I mean, who quits a premier job because they don't get strikehand tickets? I said, "Oh, I'll be back as a Ranger coach.
0: Looks like a Ranger coach to me." I have the clips with him saying, I will be back. I'm going to have to get that clip. And uh, so, uh, and again, that, that's another one. I'm telling you, it's at least a 10. I mean, Tortorella, that's a whole night. <laughs> I mean, but there was some winning, at least. Yeah. I mean, at the course, was, the, there was some success. There was some success.
3: And Rennie was a nice guy. You know, yeah, he, he helped turn. He was there for the turning point.
0: Yeah, he was a little too blasé for me. But, uh, what else? So, um. Uh, Getting back to the team and the game, your your boy Cam Talbot got the start last night. Yeah. I was a little surprised by that. But he played very well, I thought. What'd you yeah. think?
3: He wasn't bad last night. He wasn't bad. They gotta get him they gotta get him some work. You know, I mean he only played one other game. Um, so I mean they, you know, they they gotta they gotta find some games for him sometime. At least uh, at least when he play at least they could play him at home. Christ. Every other uh every other backup goaltender they've had since since they since they got Henrik, they have to play on the road because the fans go crazy if, if Shampoo boy's not in the net. At least at least Talbot they could at least he can get a home game now and then.
0: Yeah, I think you know, the fans are uh you know they're
3: fans of Kent Talb. Yeah, I mean, uh, <clears> throat> I, throat> I have two final uh, two two last thoughts on on last night, and then w- we can go to the phones. We got Russ and we got about a half hour before Russ and uh, Adam come on. But my first my first thing is remember remember like two years ago when all everybody was talking about was how much weight Ken Hitchcock lost. <laughs> And how healthy he was and how he was how he was doing so great on his new weight loss program. Holy Christ, he looks like he swallowed a Volkswagen. Did you see yeah. him last night on the bench? Oh, I- yeah,
0: he he's big. He's a big boy.
3: Yeah, and maybe you
0: know, what happens and I'm certainly have been culprit to this is you lose a lot, you gain a lot. Once yep. you have off that "Quote unquote, die," you do that yo-yo syndrome, yeah. And what I said about that yo-yo Hitchcock is that mental patient hands under the armpits that he he stays in for the whole game. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) what's wrong with him? You got to be like to keep him from eating. Like, (laughs) (laughs)
3: that's where he hides the sandwiches. No, if he puts his hands down, he's gonna grab a sandwich.
4: He'll be in the uh, Halloween okay.
3: candy behind the bench. No, 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 no. I can't go in my pockets.
0: He's <laughs> just, just, just unfolding his hand in the whole game. <laughs> oh, he drives me nuts. He looks like Captain Kangaroo. I don't know what he looks like. Somebody else like uh, Tip O'Neill or something.
3: I don't know what the hell he looks like back there. He, he looks like wacky. Paul Bearer from the WWF, the old... A little bit, yeah. The Undertaker. That's who I always thought he looked like. Man, he here's, my, look like here, here's my other thought from last night. <clears throat> We're about a minute into the game. Can't be more than a minute or two. And Sam says, you ready for this? Give it to me. Sam says, oh, AV's into the game tonight, Joe. He's talking to the be- the co- the players behind the bench. I'm yelling at the TV. He's the goddamn coach, you dope. That's what he does. That's what he's supposed to do.
0: Maybe, well, you've also been critical that he doesn't get too involved, so maybe he was a little bit more vocal.
3: He's talking, but he was talking to the players. That's what he said. He's talking to the players behind the bench. He's into the game.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well.
3: And then he said something I didn't catch all of it. I don't know if it was i he said something about texting without a phone in his hand. Did anybody yes. catch that? What was yes. he talking about? He was talking about McElrath and Reeves
0: uh looking at each other before the face off that they were going to fight and it's okay. like it's like they were texting without a phone, yeah. Uh, <laughs> It was just okay. a stupid comment. He, he started down a path when he said texting. He's trying to be all hip 2014. fourteen. Then when he said without a phone it was oh god. Saying
3: be funny not on purpose. That's your that's your forte. Right. Just keep talking. Acc- accidental comedy is but you're much better at it. You're much better at it.
0: But, uh, yeah, that's what he was talking
3: about. Okay. All right. <laughs> so. Oh, uh, well, by the way, the Islanders have lost three in a row. I don't know if anybody noticed. Did
0: they play tonight?
3: <clears throat> no, they did not play tonight. But they've lost three in a row.
0: Well, once you lose Josh Bailey,
3: it's hard. <laughs> don't you come once to from lose. Josh Bailey. Won't you come yeah, home? Won't
0: you come home, Josh Bailey? Won't you come home?
3: I mean, it's hard I'll get you, Josh Bailey.
0: Look <laughs> at you, Josh Bailey. Really. We won't you come home, Josh Bailey? <laughs> well, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, start starting Chad Johnson. What the hell you expect? <laughs> I
2: mean. Uh,
0: I don't know. Yeah, that 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 looks like the. Hopefully, the Islander fans won't be invading the uh, Garden again. I mean, I think they'll be respectable, but I, I, I for them, be respectable. They may make a playoff run, but other than
3: that, they just don't have it. Plus, they're going to Brooklyn. Now, I want to ask you a question. Uh, I want I want your opinion and the and the you opinion know. As-
0: that I love to be asked questions.
3: Indeed you do. Indeed, Indeedly do. Uh, now on Saturday. Now my brother is coming is coming out from New Jersey for the, he's coming out for the for a long week. He's gotta to go to a training next week out here, so he's taking a couple extra days and come out and spend spend the weekend with us. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I may be the only one that can hear that, which is gonna <laughs> All right. Uh, So Saturday, while he's here, I got tickets to the Coyotes game, and the Coyotes are playing the Islanders. Naturally, you know, I could care less about the game itself. I just want to go and heckle the Islanders, and I'm assuming there's going to be at least some Islander fans there. Now, would would a pot fan sucks chant be appropriate at that game? Because I kind of think it would. More so than at a Ranger game these days. Uh,
0: I'm on the fence about that, Jim. You're on the fence.
3: What about a We want fish
0: sticks. Well, uh, d- supposedly they're going to bring back those uh,
3: Aqua Fresh uniforms. Yeah. The ones <laughs> because I want to taunt the I want to taunt the Islanders and their fans. So, I'm thinking that you know, right, yeah. sucks. Well, we want, well, you know, there 1983. there fans
0: in Arizona?
3: I, I'm sure there will be some Islander fans at the game. I'm sure of it. What games does Whether- Poffin do? Ottawa or Florida? Yeah, he does
0: Ottawa now. <clears throat> okay. Now, see if they were playing Ottawa, Arizona. Then I definitely do Potvin sucks. So. They let your freak flag fly. Go ahead, dude. Potvin sucks. The Islanders. Tell them Bossy sucks. What is he doing on Hockey Night Live? Yeah. He's a a freaky looking dude. I mean, he never was very handsome. This is coming from a person who looks like me. I mean. uh,
3: You're extraordinarily handsome, sir.
0: Thank you so much. I was just fishing for a compliment there.
2: It's okay.
3: And you got one. Thank you.
1: What do you think this
0: is? A zoo? <laughs> so, uh, yes, the Islanders have come crashing home. They're ready for re-entry. Back at suck them. Um, and the Devils haven't been playing well. While we're going to we're doing a Metro Hockey report, they've had you know they've had their problems. Mike Camilleri got hurt for them. <clears throat> I tell you, I'll tell you what though. That Yager is some amazing specimen. I just, I mean, I don't know how he does it. He really is. All right, so uh, let's get back to the. i uh, just getting back more to the right. Like, I love Lee Stepniak Do I really want him on my power play? Am no. I nitpicking?
3: Uh, yeah. I was surprised to see him. I, I didn't realize he was so good in the shootout until they showed his numbers. It's like, what the hell is he doing out there? Is as their number two shooter? And then I saw his numbers. I said, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're sending it forward right now. What are, I don't know. What are their options? Tanner Glass? Are
0: we, are we ready to bribe Tanner Glass? <laughs> I mean, are we ready to start saying He's useless. Because I'm trying to figure out what he does. Yeah, that's (laughs) it. What do you do? (laughs) I mean, he doesn't make bonehead plays. That's my fourth line assessment of him.
3: He's a minus seven already. He's a minus Uh, seven. On the fourth line. On the fourth line. Averaging ten minutes of ice time a game, and he's a minus seven in 11 games.
0: As you would say, UFA,
3: UFA, minus seven. He was minus eight last year in sixty-seven games, minus eleven. I mean, this guy's a yeah. career That's the third line. I
1: mean, the fourth <laughs>
3: line.
0: The
2: three. Stoogies. Can
3: I just say, as this morning, I was getting ready to. My daughter to school and I was listening to Howard Stern and and he got on a whole Three Stooges thing and it was just one Three Stooges clip right after another like we do here and I couldn't stop laughing. It was and it was like a lot of the same ones like this one that we always play. I'm you play to this think, one, but nothing happens. And then you know, like just oh, like this, I mean, it was just one right after the other and I was laughing my ass
1: off. <laughs> Minus seven.
3: How many hits
0: does he have? Uh
3: I mean, that's his forte. I don't have to. I'm looking at hockey reference. I don't know where they keep the, where do they keep the hits. Let's see. Oh, wait. Maybe under additional stats? That's probably where it is. Uh, Costa bought the book. All right, Costa. We sold the book tonight. Costa. He
0: bought the Kindle version.
3: He bought the Kindle? He usually, he, he usually doesn't buy anything, so... You, you wanna spend your hard earned money on a book on this? You're out of your mind. Thirty five hits, 35 hits well, he has. How many games? Thirty five. Uh eleven. So he's averaging three hits a game, which is uh okay. that's about his his average. It's about three hits a game.
0: So that's what we're getting. We had to lock him up for three years. <laughs> <laughs> We don't wanna give him a two year time. We gotta have that three years for those negative integers. Well, he isn't gonna win the Emory Edge Award.
3: That's he, really he's he's more true. He's more dangerous as a cap hit than he is as a real as a real hit.
0: <laughs> uh, I love how we're getting on these guys already. But you know, I I mean in a uh, I think yeah, it was up. still is assistant, although, you know, Derek Dorsett was no prize. He certainly was better than Tanner Glass. It just was a uh, dot that was not, uh, an eye that was not dotted, a T that was not crossed. He should have been retained.
3: Um, they underestimated. I think they underestimated how good the fourth line was for them last year.
0: I mean, the fourth line was phenomenal. I mean, you couldn't do anything about Boyle because Boyle's expanding his role in Tampa. As well right. as his goal to He's got four goals down there. Uh, could you do me a favor and check how many minutes Brian Boyle's logging in his expanded role?
3: Uh, yes, Brian Boyle has three goals, three assists. He's a plus two, and he's averaging 13 minutes and 40 seconds a game. Last year uh, as a New York Ranger... He averaged 12 minutes and 46 seconds a game. Oh, well, he's getting that extra minute. Hey! <laughs> he's, still right. not, he's still not playing as much as he did under Tortorella. But, of course, Tortorella had him out there as a first-line center. At times. So, so what? For $100,000 more, he
0: went to Tampa for a minute. <laughs> and just another reason... Not to luck, Brian Boyle. Yeah.
3: He's on pace oh, you know, for 20 it. goals, Joe.
0: Oh, Tampa's much improved. Well, if you had, uh, you know, some good Rangers soldiers are over there and Steven Stamkos, yeah, sure you'd
3: be good. Yeah. They're five points the better is, than the Rangers. I wouldn't get too excited.
0: I don't know. And also put Steven Stamkos on this team.
3: Yeah. See
0: what happens. He'd get
3: yeah, hurt. He'd, be hurt. <laughs> he'd be hurt. He'd be on a long time, long term IR. Uh, yeah, he'd
0: be Dan Dan Boyle
3: situation. Right. Oh
2: boy.
3: All right, six four six four seven eight four six nine two. The number if you want to call in. We got Russ and Adam coming up in about fifteen minutes, and and after the, after they come on, we won't take any calls. We'll they'll 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 help us close the show. So if you want to get on, now's the time. Uh, let's see what else we got going on. What else? What else, Robin? We got 15 minutes of filler here.
0: Oh, uh, what else is on my, what's my beef? Uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think, uh, so much I can analyze of that, uh, shootout loss. Uh, uh, let's see what else. McIlrath. I went through him. I thought Hunuk was okay. The forwards. Uh, well, uh, who can we? Uh, who's underproducing forward-wise? Kreider scored last night. That was a nice play that he scored on. So Louis woke up a little. And Zuccarello. He didn't play. He's been. He only has one goal on the year. So I guess the team is going to change change dramatically. I thought Kevin Hayes looks like a, he really could develop into something very palpable, uh, very uh what's the word I'm looking for? palpable. As I'm not saying he's going to get 35 goals. I'm just, I just like the way he he can control. He's got a lot of poise for a young guy and um it was not all Johnny Hockey at uh, you know at uh, BC last year. You can see this kid has talent, and he could not believe that he missed that open net. Yeah, uh, he's and he's he's powerful and he's decisive. Which I, for the Rangers, I don't very few players I've seen come down the pike that are decisive. They're shooting. They're going to the net. They're not looking to pass. I mean, how many times have we seen the Rangers always looking to pass? The most unselfish team in hockey history.
3: Everybody trying to yeah, help each other. Absolutely. Uh, Howie just brought it up in the chat room, and I, I wanted to talk about this last week and I forgot. Do you know about the these new overtime rules that they're testing out in the uh, AHL? Have you heard about this? Uh,
0: I think I did, but I, I had forgotten.
3: Refresh my memory. They, <laughs> uh, seven minutes of four on four. And let me see, how how does this work now? Uh, se- it's a seven minute overtime. The first four minutes are at four on four. And then the first stoppage, fo- excuse me, the first stoppage following three minutes of play, they reduce it to three on three for the duration of the overtime, which is a seven minutes instead of five minutes. If the game is still tied following overtime, then they then they go to a shootout. So let me see then if they I go can to ex- knock Right. Then they go to knock hockey. Then the uno knock. Then Uno, then they flip a coin. So let me see if I can explain that again a little simpler. Seven minute overtime, first stoppage after three minutes they go to they go from 4-on-4 four four to 3-on-3. Three three. And supposedly it's cut their shootouts way down. And I'm all for cutting the shootouts way down. I'm okay with, you know, if it has to be, then okay, one or two a year. I don't want to see them back-to-back games three, four times a month. Uh, you know, play out, play not like, like, like Herm Edwards said. You play to win the game.
0: Um. I guess maybe I'm just such an old-school, old fart when it comes to hockey. I didn't mind the ties. It was like, we got out of here alive. There were a lot of those moments when the Rangers got a tie, and I was like, my God, we escaped. (laughs) Now, we got a point yesterday, but it felt like a loss. I still felt bad. It's all about my feelings.
3: Well, what is Gary
0: Bettman on those rules committee going to take my feelings into consideration? (laughs) Now, then again, you win in the shootout, you get the two points. You're all we won the game. You really didn't win the game. You won a skills competition. Right. Uh, See, uh, and I I agree with Joe Cotroni. I have a theory. If two pro teams cannot score and break the tie after 65 minutes, then neither team deserves
3: a second point.
0: See? That, and, and Roy's with that,
3: too. All right, settle down. That second point saved our ass a couple of years. Relax with your high-handed rules over there. Yeah. Nobody deserves yeah. to win. Enough with that crap. Oh, Nobody deserves yeah, what, to win. What happened
0: when Marion Gavard couldn't score on uh, Ray Emery in Philadelphia and we missed the playoffs? What about... What about your, your shootout then? What does Mario think? Mario's coming in here with all his comedy genius. Give us a serious comment, Mario Morgano.
3: We you know we haven't seen Mario in here in a while, and then all of a sudden you know we're promoting a book that he just happens to be in, and now all of a sudden he's in the chat room. I'm just saying. Hmm. He's in the book. He's in the book. No. Oh, he's all over the what? Oh, he's all over this thing. <laughs> what are you kidding? He's talking about rooting for the commies against the Flyers. He's in the acknowledgments. Oh, he's all over the place. Uh, it's he's like this, it, you know, he's, like, uh, it's like he he's the ant in Hall & Notes, you know?
0: <laughs> ah, he shot the author photo. We can't really say that because Mario's still kind of hiding from us. We can't call him by his real name because he thinks James Dolan's going to come not give him any work. Or Rosasco. Rosasco. Mary, Mary, you better be at this viewing party. That's right. When is that party again, Jim?
3: December 20th, it's a Saturday. Rangers in Carolina taking on the Hurricanes or the Checkers. And uh, we will be at Percy's Tavern, which is fourteenth, uh, 13th Avenue and Avenue A in Manhattan. <clears throat> we have a call on the line. Would you like to go to the phones before Russ and Adam sure. join us? I'm not sure, sure who this is. I don't recognize the number six four six three two two. You're on Blue Shirt Underground Radio. Who's this? Hello six four six. All right. Nobody there. <laughs> Did you recognize the voice?
0: He's the one. There it is. There it is. I got to get that other clip where I I got, he goes, and Ryan Malone giving Duclair a facial. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) I'll play with that with the one hand reach around. We got a porn. Maybe Michael Delzotto
3: will tune in. (sighs) Oh. As long as he doesn't say that, you know, instead of a snow shower, oh, he gave Talbot a cream pie. <laughs> a pearl
0: necklace. <laughs> so, this show is taking a real sick turn. I think it's the <laughs> inhabitants of this chat room. <laughs>
3: uh, so, yes, December 20th, we'll be, we'll be playing Bellevue, <laughs> Percy's Tavern, Viewing party, come on out! We usually have some stuff to give away, and I don't know what it'll be, but uh, uh, message- gr- oh, Here, by request, hold on. They're clamoring for the. Where is it? I got to find it now. Uh, here it is.
0: Here you go. Vieto, number eighty-three. Go Pavelski across to Wingle. in front. Oh, he scores!
1: Diving.
0: Oh my god, that's awful. <laughs> All
3: right, I'll tell you what, let's play our uh let's play our, our our break here and uh and then by the time we get back what <laughs> I'm laughing for chat room, these guys are funny.
0: See, you know, see sure, before we go into the, 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 the ad there. The ad. What am I from nineteen fifty? When we go to the advertisement. <laughs> the advertisement. Uh the advertisement. <laughs> I just want to say, if you show up to this chat room, and usually it is jam-packed. For some reason, I don't know, what are you people watching? Basketball? What the hell is to watch today? You should all be in here. It's a little sparser than usual. But see, we're playing clips. You get requests. You show up to the chat room. You get your name acknowledged. We give you a shout-out. Coaster bought a book. Mario is Taking pictures of who knows what Patty Duke is here, I mean a star in take her care own of right. our own she was in the uh Helen Keller story I mean <laughs> Tracy greatmaker is here mess gretz I was speaking about people. i'll I'll get to the wayne gretz, He's chunking up is he Yo. Oh, a take, take a look at that picture of him and like the other oilers. They had like a reunion thing. Oh, my God. They're going to start calling him the Great Fatsky. Chubsy-ubsy. <laughs> <It's laughs> Ubsy. Oh, my God, Mr. Gretzky. And uh, I'm only kidding because I knew Mr. Gretzky all defensive. But the Great Fatsky, looks like he ate a couple cups.
3: <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's do the uh,
0: the advertisement.
3: <laughs> all right, we'll be right back. Blue Shirt Underground Radio is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen to them on any device, including however you're hearing the show right now. And if you sign up at our URL, which is www.audibletrial.com slash underground. You'll get one free audio book and a one-month trial of the service. You can pick up books like The Game of My Life, where ranger greats like Mark Messier and Frank Boucher talk to the great John Halligan about their favorite ranger memories. Or The Devil and Bobby Hull, how hockey's original million-dollar man became a lost legend. And They Call Me Baba Booey, the story of Howard Stern's show producer, Gary Delabate. That's com slash Underground. Support Blue Shirt Underground Radio and sign up for your free trial to audible.com today at www.audibletrial.com slash underground. Eddie and I will be back in just a minute. On a Tuesday night, ten fifteen on the East Coast. Jim and Eddie with you. Eddie, are you back with us? Yes. Alright, still waiting on Adam and Russ. Now, it was Russ's request that they come on this late because I guess he's covering, I don't know, maybe the Flyers game. So that's why. And I believe we actually I think Russ just popped on on hold here. Yeah, I'm looking at the pictures from this from this Oilers reunion, Eddie. Gretzky doesn't look that heavy. I'm I'm gonna have to look this up. I uh,
0: I saw a picture that I was a little bit now listen, I'm one to talk here. <laughs> but you know, when when I knew Wayne, Wayne was uh I mean he was a sim mean he looked like Princess Diane the way he looked when he first came in the league. Both in looks and weight. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I would be the first one to retract the. Boy, he got big. Quote. You
3: know, as big as. Uh, as big as Ken Hitchcock.
0: Wow. Listen, Ken Hitchcock is a great coach. I don't really view people on their appearance. <laughs> Could you say that? I couldn't even say that with a
1: straight face.
3: Uh, well, I th- we have Russ on hold. Do we want to bring Russ on or do we want to wait for we want to wait for Adam and bring them on together? Well, What's Russ doing? What's uh See, now I see a picture of him here in the post and he doesn't look that big. Uh,
0: I I got to find that picture. Maybe he was just bloated uh, that day. Maybe he's retaining water. <laughs> His aunt Flo is visiting. Maybe. Uh I wanted to say that uh, what's Russ doing? Why, why couldn't he be on this show? What was he uh, covering—the Philadelphia Freedom of the World Team Tennis? I mean, I, 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 come on, buddy.
3: Would <laughs> you want to ask him? <laughs> we'll bring him on. I don't know where Adam is, so let's welcome back to the program the one and only Russ Cohen. Good evening, Russ. How are you?
4: You are wrong. This Who's wrong? Is not it's right. Adam.
3: Oh, it's, it's Adam. Adam.
4: I thought Russ, Russ was eight though. No, not Russ bad. is going to join us in a minute. I think he's, uh, he's he's having he's having technical difficulties. The shoe phone oh not working. God. The
3: free phone he got from the from the Sports Illustrated <laughs> subscription back in. I,
4: his, uh, I can't remember what
3: area code he is. Then I don't, I don't know. know. He's okay. He's he
4: he will uh, he's going to phone in probably in the next minute or two. Um, how you guys doing? All right,
3: let's try this again. Let's welcome to the program, returning once again, <clears throat> one of the authors of Hundred Things a Ranger Fan Should Know Bef- and Do Before They Die," Mister Adam Raider. Good evening, Adam. How are you? How are you? Doing well. There's Russ. I'm well. Gus, as <laughs> he's lovingly known on this show, Gus. Gus, Gus. Colin. Gus. All right, let's bring, ladies and gentlemen, the Hall of Notes of Ranger writing. Adam Raider and
2: Russ Cohen. That's evil. That's that's, that, is Shiel- a, uh, that, that is a... Who's That's what is, I want to know. Really? Hell? Seriously? <laughs> Neither of us looks like Baba Booey. That's just not right.
4: You guys, you guys remember on the Tonight Show um, back in the day when after all the big-name guests had their turn and the show yeah. was almost over and most of the audience was asleep, that's when they'd bring out the dude from the San Diego Zoo with his flying marmoset? Yes, <laughs> that's me and Russ right now, calling it at ten fifteen. Wow!
3: Yeah, well, that's true. Jack Hanna was I'm... that his name?
0: Jack, Jack Hanna. Yeah.
2: Yes. Yes. Jack Hanna. Uh-huh. Joan Embry.
0: I... <laughs> uh, I just remember
2: with the remember Jack
0: the Hanna of... and the
4: Joan Embry of,
0: of I hockey think writers of all, One of you guys being like George Goble. Oh, you forgot George Goble. <laughs> I had no idea at that age what George Gobel did or what he, I know he was a comedian, but I never
4: saw him anything. What did George oh, Gobel ever do?
0: He
1: was
0: Hollywood, on Square. Hollywood
4: Squares, right? Yeah. yeah. And he right kind of has to have some get a, <sighs> I
0: don't
2: know. I, I just
3: I remember I remember George Gobel being on uh Johnny Carson one night and he was either so drunk or so oblivious. That Dean Martin was tapping all his ashes in George Gobel's hair, and George Gobel didn't know it. All his cigarette <laughs> ashes, and they were actually piling up. It's on like one of those Carson comedy classic yeah, tapes yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah.
4: All right, shocking. so let's
3: get uh, let's get down to business on this book: Hundred Things Ranger Fans Should Know and Do Before They Die." The book is fantastic. We actually sold a copy for you guys during this program. By the way,
2: oh wow! Sold
3: somebody got it for the Kindle. Somebody
2: got a, a, Kindle. Somebody yeah, got a, on a Kindle, Kindle copy. Very nice. That's
3: great. I have my my first question is the book is the book is fantastic and will blow plenty of sunshine up your butts while you're on the show. How do you guys collaborate on these books? Because I can tell when I read this book that definitely there's some humor that is definitely I could definitely tell what's written by Adam because his humor comes through, and I could tell what's written by Russ because it's not funny at all. But. (laughs) No, I'm just, wow. I'm just, uh, uh, Russ, I'm just kidding. I had to say that. Russ, no, Russ no, let I they, could,
4: uh, you, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll answer your question, and I'll and I'll cite as an example. I'll cite uh, the the Flyers chapter, the, the chapter on the the Flyers rivalry, as a prime <laughs> example of how we collaborate. Russ, would you say that's a fair? Uh, yeah. to Start. Okay. Yeah. So, Russ, you know, Russ is a, you know, he's a full time. Beat writer, this is what he does. He, I mean, he has to. He really has to maintain a good relationship with all the teams in the league because he needs access. He needs to get interviews. And and I, you know, I, I've been there, and I completely respect that. I no longer do that, so I, I don't care what bridges I burn when I'm writing something. Right. And when when we were working on the chapter on the Flyers, um, as you know from this book, the chapters about the rivalries are really snarky and are definitely. You know, we have some fun with the other teams and the fans of the other teams. And I went to town on the Flyers and and their fans and made a lot of, you know, Comparisons to cavemen and Cro Magnons and things like that, and Russ was kind of Russ had to be the one to rein me in and say, "Look, we can't do that. That's not you're going to ruin." Need, yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is going to ruin me. I still need to show my face in Philly. You can't do this to me. And so I so I had to rein it in, and then and I'd run it by him and say, "Okay, is this is this better?" I would tone it down a little bit and say, "Okay, I think I can live with that." That's kind of how we collaborate. <laughs> so,
3: so as it, it's okay to say that. You rooted for the communists against the Flyers as long as it's Mario saying
4: it, and <laughs> you put it in the block
3: that it's Mario right. saying. Right. <laughs> exactly.
4: I see. We can, we we were able to to get away with a lot because we would say Mario Morgato, said Mario right. Morgado said you know this person said that person. But we right. yeah you know, yeah we look the, the publisher encouraged us to be irreverent and controversial, and so we we definitely. Um, we, that was music to our ears and we had a lot of fun with that.
0: Now, okay. uh, from what I understand, uh, I'm not, uh, I wasn't, you know, this this is like a long line of books, like, you know, these type of books where it's like a yeah. hundred things. So when did it first start that whole thing? Cause I wasn't
2: aware of that it even existed. I think the Flyers one may have been first. I know the guy who wrote that, Adam Kimmelman. he he covers games here. I think that may have been the first one. And it's been Absolutely. successful, and they've been doing them in all sports. And so, you know, we picked it up on this end. You know, Kevin Allen did the Red Wings one, came out pretty much right around the same time as, as our Ranger one. So it, it is part of a brand, and it's kind of interesting. It's the first time we ever wrote anything as part of a brand.
4: The good thing, though, guys, was that, Russ and I had talked about doing a book exactly like this that really had no limits yep. and a book that we could kind of really explore all sorts of events and people and fan traditions that we couldn't get into in our first book. So what I tell people is that this is a celebration of ranger hockey, but it's a no-bullshit celebration that really pokes fun at anyone and everyone, but also challenges the reader to... to um, uh, to look at things in a new light, and we were very lucky two years ago to find a partner in Triumph that basically said that's perfect that's exactly the kind of book we want you to do so it's a it's a it's a a long kind of silly title, but the idea behind it's really cool and it was it kind of let us it let us kind of go in a lot of different directions and we could kind of change shift tone from from any given chapter to the next, where one could be kind of silly and the next one could be kind of serious and and um we were able to kind of give some some tips to the fans on how to um you know enjoy their uh their their fandom as it were in, in a different way. So it was it was a fun book to write in that sense because there were like no rules.
2: Yeah, and we didn't really even just start this a year and a half, two years ago yeah. because
4: really after the
2: after Ranger Greats we had extra material and i kept adding to it and adam kept adding to it because we always knew there would be another book down the road and we would just sort of have this material that we could weave into another format and so we we were really happy about that and also trying to sort of keep history alive with the club because a lot of times when books come out they're generally about the you know the the today's guys and don't necessarily go back to not only the beginning, but even, you know, around 1950, it's, it's, you're hard pressed to find that. And so, you know, guys that we interviewed in this book, some have passed on like Edgar Laprade, and, but it was nice to sort of get their last take on things, even though at the time you may not know it was their last take, but Edgar Laprade, like he was the oldest living ranger, longtime ranger at the time. There's a guy still alive. He's in his nineties, but he only played like two years Edgar played there a long time, 10 years. So I was fascinated just by what a guy like Edgar LePrade would say about his career and how things were then compared to the game now, because, you know, he was a 1940 uh, Calder Cup winner, Calder Award winner, you know, Rookie of the Year. So that's that's pretty amazing.
4: The other, yeah. you know, there's a lot of history. Just, to, um, just jump in for a second. There, there's a lot of history in the book, but there's also – we really went out of our way to keep the book current. And the book is yeah. as up-to-date as you can get to the point where, you know, having the Rangers in the finals was a blessing, but for us was it, was it it was a blessing and a curse because, you know, with every round, history was being made. And so the book was delayed by months because we were constantly updating certain chapters and rewriting whole chunks of the book to kind of, keep the book current, um, and so you know, that storybook run is in the book, and um, so while there is there is a lot of history, we also are very lucky that we were able to, that the publisher gave us the freedom to kind of keep it current, um, and I know it, was, it wasn't easy for them, it probably caused a lot of headaches for them, but the result for the reader is you know, you pick this up and you're like, oh wow, they, they got everything.
0: Yeah, yeah I mean, it wasn't read- easy I just yeah. want to say it also will resonate with the fan who's like you know say you had for instance, like well, the Rangers haven't had a Stanley Cup appearance in twenty one years or twenty years what have you, and every Ranger fan who reads that book says no, they were in the they were in the Stanley Cup last
2: year, this book is
0: it's outdated already it's like you right. know and and yeah. when they see that run and Let's face it, you know, a lot of Ranger fans uh, were very upset, but that was a fantastic run by the Rangers, an unexpected run. Mm-hmm. And uh, people reading that, you know, will get excited about it, and then they also say this book this book is right on the heartbeat of the Rangers right up to right now. So I, I think it's what great. What I tried
4: to, you know, what, you know, with the first book we... I think we've always tried to be really unbiased. You know, Russ certainly is very unbiased in his, in his writing and doesn't let his his team affiliation come through. And But one of the things I liked about this book was that it gave us a chance to be completely partisan. We didn't have to worry about being unbiased. We were able to kind of jump right into it and say, okay, we're hardcore fans, we love this team, we live and die with this team. It, you know, to see them go on this, storybook run and then have it end the way it did with, you know, three overtime losses, two of them in double overtime, was gut wrenching and it hurt. And it was something that's gonna sting for a long time. And we didn't sugarcoat that. We were like, look, we're no. right there with you. Like this was this was a fun ride. This was a great ride. It's something we'll never forget. But the end the end result was kind of a kick in the stomach and we felt it right along with you. So
2: yeah, and there was sort of two sides to that, too. Like, I, you know, Adam really did some yeoman's work because if I was on the road or I was out late covering one of those cup games, I was sending stuff to him that night, the next morning, and we couldn't use it all. But I wanted him to sort of know what was going on, what was it like in the, in, in the dressing room, what was it like post-game. Because, you know, you only get to see so much on television. Sometimes some of the thing, funnier things happen before it even the cameras are even rolling. Or sometimes something, you know, like Rangers, they win in Pittsburgh. That win, it was an unbelievable win. And But just the feeling in the locker room was different from really any Ranger game I had ever covered up to that point. And then I had a whole conversation about Mike Lang, and we couldn't even really use it. We didn't have the room. I don't think it's even in there. But Mike Lang basically said that, and if people don't know who he is, he's a longtime voice of the Pittsburgh Penguins. He's been there for, I want to say, 40 years or more, and he said Lundquist is one of the all-time greats because to be able to go in there and win in a Game 7 with guys like Crosby and Malkin and and just what they had to go up against, it was huge. And I know some Ranger fans may have not felt that way because they felt like Pittsburgh was a bit damaged, but at the end of the day, it's Game 7, and when you have guys like that on the ice, it's a pretty big achievement.
4: It would have killed me to have um, for us to have put out this book and then they staged the greatest comeback in their history you know 88 years of hot to stage that kind of comeback not only to have that comeback but then a comeback against that team that rivalry uh, right. w- that would have killed me if we had not had a chance to get that in there and if, and of course we did so um yeah that was that was one of the really great moments um in the history of Ranger hockey and I was glad that we got it in there yeah
3: cuz it would have it would have almost instantly obsoleted the book
4: Right. you could hey,
3: have, yeah. You know, in a matter of speaking. Wh- this When I was reading it, when I went through this book and I was reading this, I was thinking, you know, this book is like if you have a group of friends that are all Ranger fans and you spend, you know, you've spent years and years talking to Ranger hockey with them and telling all kinds of different stories, That's what that's what this book is. This is like all those stories that you've ever reminisced with with your friends, mm-hmm. you know, like – you know, the, the, obviously the 94 cup run, but the Smurfs and, you know, the 79 finals run and all the little things like that. That's, you know, what I really enjoyed. And I had, a, it looks like you guys did a lot of, uh, Amo Francis is in the book quite a bit. Now, did you yeah. guys work with him in this book or was this kind of leftover material from 100 Ranger greats or both? No, new. I,
2: it was all new. I, all new. I had, uh, a long conversation with him one day and yeah, he, his was all new. And, and to be, to be honest, it, it took us a long time to get it because his wife was going through an illness and I wasn't going to impede on, on his life to, to just get some stuff for a book considering how much he helped us with the first one. And then he was really gracious again. And, you know, he's really one of the amazing hockey minds that's still around. I mean, considering how far back he dates, Adam and I talked about this, and it's really true. He is sort of the linchpin of the Rangers from the past through the present. He and
3: and completely unappreciated by the organization now. In my correct, opinion. yeah, completely I would say
2: that. I'd say that disregarded. Fair. He does. Yeah, he shows up to a game a year, but and he's an older man, sure. But yeah, I would I would agree with that. But the amazing thing is, if you talk Bill Cook, he'll tell you something about Bill Cook. If you talk about. Chuck Rayner who would be like, "Oh, yeah, I remember we were on the ice together, like he could tell you about every one of those guys, and not every organization has somebody like that or even somebody that's willing to to talk about all that, so it's pretty special
4: if you have well, an appreciation for the history of this hockey team and it goes back to i mean my god nineteen twenty six if you like if you have any appreciation for or interest in the history of the of the of the team, and if you know there's somebody out there who who at least met, had some interaction with guys who were there at the very beginning. That's incredible. And then for that person to still be so sharp and so lucid, and then so accommodating, is like, I mean, there's nothing like it. It's it's it really is a dream and to be able to ask him about, um, you know, trades he made, trades he didn't make, um, you know, ask him about. Uh, big games. I mean, what he gave us on, you know, his like just an example. I mean, the the the, the Park and trade Esposito trade, of, uh, which was you know, uh, you know, a landmark, groundbreaking, you know, trade. I mean, to, he, to hear his thought, the thought process behind behind all that, and and his and his thoughts now forty years later. You know, should I have done it, and, and how ha- and how did he feel about it? I mean, the honesty that that was behind the words, uh, just. You know, amazing, and and we were we felt I think blessed that he was you know as open with us as he was, and I'm just glad that we you know they had the opportunity to 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 um you know to get all that into this book because you don't know I mean you know when, when you're dealing with with you know with with older folks I mean sometimes memories fade and um, yeah. and sometimes they're not as as you know eager to talk but. I mean, he's he's fantastic. Just a, a, unbelievable, unbelievable man.
2: And even yeah, and the I'm... Terry Sawchuck stuff, guys. I mean, the Sawchuck stuff went into even grimmer detail than I've ever remember reading or, or hearing about because it seemed like this might have been like even the first time he – let us in with even more of that because that was gut wrenching for him, and it was gut wrenching for me to hear about, to be honest.
4: Well, for for people who didn't read the chapter, Russ, or haven't or aren't familiar with the story, I mean, tell them about what he saw. And
2: well, I don't want to give it all away, but but he basically right. had
4: to pick out Terry's body and
2: felt terrible that where his body was, he was just another guy with just another toe tag, basically. And you know, I won't give you the reason that the fight started with Terry Sawchuk, But when you read about it, you'll see just how trivial it is. It's, it's awful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, it's, well, and he's you know, so exuberant when he talks about this stuff. He's just like, he, when you, we had him as, as a guest a couple of times and he, yeah. and like you said, he's sharp as attack, and he's the passion in which he tells these stories is, uh, and it just go. It's even like when you, you know, I always kind of have an affinity for older people, even in your life. Like, you know, your older people that have, were places and 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 they did things that are long since gone. I always try to engage them in conversation because once those where they're gone, those stories they go with them. So right, right. You know, so I I think it's uh was you guys did a great job and 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 including them in this game. Uh, including him in this book, because I, it's a uh, range of Francis's knowledge. that's going to disappear. It's going it to disappear will. with Emil, you know, and uh, he was there, you know. The, he, and, it, you know, he can tell you stuff that happened in the minor leagues, what this guy
3: did. Or, who did he fight with on the air? We had two guys. Jim, who did we have him on the air with? <laughs> um, it was uh, he, no, Rod Sealing. Rod
0: <laughs> you actually arguing on the air yeah. each other.
3: Yeah, yeah because uh, because of the the way uh, ceiling was waved, and he's uh, I you know I could I couldn't re- remember the exact way this. He told the story, and then Emil said, "Oh no, that's not the way it happened." And Rod said, "Well, yeah, it was Emil." And and Eddie and I were just like saying nothing, and it was like, mm, "Well, Awkward. I think we're running out of time." <laughs>
4: Yeah, but isn't that oh, funny? Know. I mean, that even at this stage of the game, I mean, the man has been out of the game for so many years, but is still so passionate and so feisty. You have to love it.
0: Yeah, and he still hates the Flyers. He's a bunch of goons. That's like you know, <laughs> uh, he still has the passion. So I I noticed that you got you got a chapter in there about the super fans and the chief. The chief is a a, a great story. I mean, a lot. People who you know, are over under forty or whatever, they they don't know when you talk to chief, they don't even know what you're talking about. You know, um, know, he was
4: a he he was a very eccentric man. Who, I mean, in hindsight, I think I think if you met him now, you would probably feel a little sorry for him. I think he probably had some social, uh, you know, issues, some anxieties, but you know, he was someone who was incredibly passionate about the Rangers and I think if it wasn't the Rangers it would have been something else that he would have kind of fixated on or latched onto but he was he was this guy who ran around the garden with a, a Native American headdress and hooping and hollering and and you know spelling out you know Rangers and he was like everybody knew him and you know for a period of time the 70s and and uh and 80s he was someone that everybody knew and yeah, I mean that, but that's part of the that's part of the character in the history of the garden, isn't it? I mean the, those kinds of fans. I and mean, you're obsessed with them. You're completely yeah. obsessed with them too. Uh,
3: yeah. Now I seem to remember um, the book that Larry Sloman wrote about the '79 Rangers. I seem to remember there being something in there about the chief that he he was like a he worked for the post office, and basically the only thing he spent money on all year long was his Ranger season tickets. He lived with his mother, I think. He's yeah. a guy who lived very, very modestly just for the sake yeah. of having Ranger season tickets. I it's a long yeah. time since I read that book, so I don't know if I don't know if I'm accurate on that, but that's how no, I that's, remember it that's, anyway.
4: That's pretty much it. And, and and Larry that I don't know if I mean that's that book is if you ever have a chance to, to read it, it's, it's it is fascinating because he, he uh Ratso really got in with that team and was almost like embedded with them for a season and saw things and basically wrote everything he saw. So, you know, all of the, I mean, they're all the references to, you know, all the partying and the girls and and all the, I mean, you really got a sense of which guys were serious about their craft and which guys were just, you know, there to party. And it's, it's all the people that you would have expected. And, um, but yeah, he, but he got to know, uh, the chief really well. And he took every loss very personally and you know he got to know the players and he was hanging around the players a lot and he took it he took it really hard when other fans made fun of him and you know my th- my my take on it is we we've all met you know in over the last few years Russ and I have met plenty of eccentric fans uh, the way i look at it is you know what are you laughing at <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you're thinking of a couple of them, aren't you? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, we've met we've met plenty of eccentric fans, but you know what? I I I think it's great, and I don't begrudge anybody, you know, loving a team that much, no. as long as you know you you leave room in your life for other things. It's 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 still a form of entertainment. You've got to you know put it all into perspective. But um but he was a you know he was kind of a, a lost soul who just loved the team so much, and he passed away. Um, sometime in the last few years. Um I think he was still living out in Brooklyn somewhere, but um but he was an interesting character, that's for sure. I wanna ask you two guys a question.
2: I wanna see and and Malph I'm not sure if you if you got that far in the book or how far you got. But Jim, since you, you said you, you read a a good portion of it, were you taken I've aback finished. by Okay, well, you know, finishing... <laughs> Did you finish third grade, too? I mean, I'm just I'm just making wow. sure... I, oh. Well,
3: excuse me. Excuse me, sir, but you said you would not appear on the show until I finished the book, so I had to get a dictionary, I had to get a thesaurus, <laughs> I had to get my wife to read half of it to me, so I finished the damn book, now here you are. And I sold one for you. <laughs>
2: Appreciate that. Roger, you I know, fighting the, fighting the hand that feeds you, right? <laughs> I know, I know. I wanted to see it. if you were taken aback by the brutality of Andy Bathgate because I have to say that's one of the more shocking things for me in this book.
3: Um well, I I don't know if take I mean I didn't, you know, I, obviously I wasn't alive to to really see Andy Bathgate so I don't I don't know a lot about his Same game. I, I mean,
2: you know, I didn't see him either. Come on now.
3: You didn't cover him?
2: No. No. <laughs> no. But the Andy Bathgate that we no, all that sort was, of were brought up to know and was the guy with, you know, the the perfectly done hair and a very elegant skater and the guy who played the game the right way, and not the guy who threatens gordy Howe I mean that's something right. where that that was shocking. I have to admit, right. I was very shocked at that.
4: I would be more Spoiling interested i uh, yeah, I would be more interested to know if Jim <laughs> felt that we were fair in our uh assessment writing about Sean Avery, if you felt that we that we came down kind of. How do you think we handled Sean Avery in this book? Because I feel like if you're writing about, you know, the Rangers and, and Sean Avery's place in the history of the Rangers, you have to you have to handle that very carefully because it's complex. There's there's one segment of Ranger fandom that is still rabid, in still in love with him and would and would and would have him back on the t- team tomorrow and put the, the captaincy on his jersey tomorrow. And then another portion who are kind of like have no use for him and felt he was completely useless. How do you do you think we were fair?
3: I I think you were extremely fair. And I mean that's what's that's what's great about this book is that it's it's a warts and all look at the team. And I think we all know by now that if you were gonna root for this team you got to have a sense of humor. And if you can't read this book and laugh at yourself and laugh at the team a little bit. I mean, come on, we all make we we all have make jokes at the team's expense. Eddie and I were writing your next book at the beginning of the show 100 biggest disasters. I mean, we had what was what did you call it Eddie cool. the Trachia the Manifesto. Uh.
0: <laughs>
3: Think about the coaches
0: the trading for number 1, trading the number 1 picks to get coaches. Uh, the Tom Webster fiasco where he couldn't go on road games because he had the inner ear infection.
3: I mean, uh, losing, a, losing a first round pick for Fred Shiro for tampering and, and it becomes Ken Lindsman. And then he said, Oh, he didn't amount to much.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. I will tell you guys this. You'll, you'll feel good about this. I was on a, a bus in Minnesota once coming back from like one of the all-star game events. And, my ears perked up because, like, five rows behind me, I heard someone cursing, and it was like, effin' Rangers this and effin' Rangers that, and it was Brian Troche. and it wasn't that long after he was gone. So <laughs> I, I have to tell you, that was an uncomfortable moment when I got off the bus and I looked back and I saw it was him complaining about his short tenure with the Rangers.
3: <laughs> Didn't seem short. Forty nine. <laughs> I games would say
4: it's long. telling he hasn't coached the NHL again, but we'll leave it at that. Yeah, he, yeah. He's a good
2: guy though. I had him on a show, and and I actually do respect his career and everything else. It just didn't work out for him. That's all. It's
0: I mean, he was. Game. I mean, he was a great hockey player. There is he no was. doubt about it. You see how? Great, did, did you coach. see in that
4: moment how Russ is still trying to, He's still playing politician because he's got to show his yeah. face at Nassau Coliseum. Did you see that now? Uh-huh.
0: It's absolutely the Barclays Center next year, and um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah.
4: Now, well, the, Russ, you said what I just want
0: to say. Russ, you said one thing early on about how the Rangers locker room was unlike it, you had ever seen it last year. Yeah, during the Pittsburgh series, was it the Pittsburgh series or just the playoffs in general?
2: No, the Pittsburgh series. And and what was that? It was a joyful kind of glee that really was on Henrik Lundqvist's face, and it was almost like not only could you not stop him from smiling, but there was, like, this amazing sense of relief, but also just, like, laughing because he just felt good about things. He wasn't laughing about the opponent. And this was all before he, you know, he got interviewed. And it was just, you could just see that, like, this was, like, an amazing moment for him, almost like, not like I can't believe it, but, wow, this really happened and and how happy he was. And, And I've seen him... In both ways, right? I saw him after the shootout loss, which, again, in that in our book, you know, we talk about Ole Jokinen picking up that that Ranger jersey and throwing it in the bin, and I knew that that was the last time he'd ever be a Ranger, right? And you, ha- I had to be there to know that, and we put that in the book because it just sort of showed that even the player was sort of fed up with the coach that he was put in that position. And I know a lot of fans felt that way, too. I know even Adam and I talked about it like we couldn't believe it. So sometimes you see these things and they sort of hit you. But after that shootout loss, Lundquist was just in so much pain physically because his knees were were bothering him, if you remember, and also just physically worn out. I'd never seen him that physically worn out in his life. So I've seen him in both ends of the spectrum, and, and that's what was so stark to me. Okay, uh, let's, and,
0: and what would you say in a breakdown, how much of it is old stuff, how much of it is it, it, new, newer stuff that, you know, because we have a lot of people who are like 31, 30, they're like, Ooh. you know, is, is there a lot of, uh, you know, stuff from uh, the Torts era, the, uh, the uh, Rennie era, yeah. maybe?
4: Yeah, yes, oh, I mean, there's plenty, I mean, you've got, I mean, there's stuff in there, obviously, Lundqvist, Kreider, Stepan, uh, you know the 2014 playoff run. There's a chapter on 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 the the quote unquote trade of Vino for Tortorella, which was yep. you know unlike anything we've ever seen in pro sports. Where you know two coaches swap teams in the same off season. Um, there's uh, you know the McDonough trade. There's there's a lot in there on current on the current team. Uh, this is not a you know. This is not a book where you know you're reading chapter after chapter about the you know the 1940 team. I mean every era of Ranger hockey is very well represented in this book, but we really were keen this time on making sure that there was a lot in here for the you know the, the younger fan and by younger I mean you know you know under the age of 80. Right.
2: <laughs> and there were a lot of, and there were a lot of quotes from Sam Rosen and, and Sam was you know he watches every minute of this team when I go to practice I see Sam when the game's on you see Sam when you don't see what the team's doing Sam is there and so we got a lot of great quotes from him as well about a lot of the uh, you know newer players, recent players and I think you need that perspective too because even though you might feel, some, some people might feel hey it's going to be a little biased cause, but while that may Bye. be true they see all the nuances too uh, I, Sam is the most unbiased guy in the world. As a matter of fact, he goes,
0: he goes the other way a little
3: bit too much, but, uh,
0: uh, I, Hey, why don't we I want
3: some, Well, oh, go ahead, Jim. I just want to ask where Adam and Russ got the story from 1979 about Espo coming out in the hallway and finding the team, half the team naked in the hallway with Montreal girls.
4: Oh, that's a story he told. Um, is it? That's, I'd never heard that That's out one. there. That's documented. Espo, yeah. he wouldn't say who it was, but, you know, if you go back and look at who was on the roster at that time, you, you know,
2: right. you can figure so,
4: it out. Yeah, you can figure it out.
1: Okay. All right. I'm sorry. <gasps> that's, not the re- that's,
4: that's not the reason they lost. Um, no. You know, but it didn't help. It was a bunch of
2: guys named Guy and, and maybe Ken Dryden. That might be the reason. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm still upset about that series.
4: <laughs> I, I do
0: Yeah, I don't let things go too easily.
4: <laughs> I am mean, with you, all, Mouth. I'm still, I'm still ticked about the Corey Hirsch for Nathan Lafayette trade. That's still, uh, for some reason, bugs the crap out of me. All right, you want to
2: know the one that bugs me? The one that bugs me is when Mike York was. Oh, Ren on,
4: Murray and oh. Ren Murray
2: came in, they, and and they traded him for Ren Murray, and I asked Tom Pody. Him him, yeah. Yeah. And I asked Glenn Sater, "How will you replace Mike York?" And he goes, "Ren Murray can do everything Mike York does." <laughs> okay. Yeah. He said that with a dead. And I looked it at Adam, and I was just like, "I'm done. I just I couldn't say anything else because <laughs> I knew nothing because I knew nothing was further from the truth." And you know what was it? Two months later or whatever, he started to have some you know issues, and and so it was just That's unbelievable
4: i wasn't i also i think history will also prove that that giving up all those picks uh for martin saint louis and, and also giving up ryan callahan will you know i don't know that i don't know that that history is gonna um you know how we're gonna look at that trade down the line i i'm already True. you know that's a that's a tough one i mean that's that's a lot to give up for a a player at the really at the very end of his career, even though he's I mean he's still productive, had a you know big game the other night, but it's that's a that's a tall order. Um that one was tough. Yeah. Callahan was a personal favorite. There's a chapter in there on him and, you know, my my affinity for Callahan is it's it's definitely it's gonna shine through is. it. Yeah, it's well now it's now, yeah, now it's in black and white. It's pretty it's it's pretty over the top. But I do I do uh, I do think that was another trade that, that will always um, uh, that will always bother me. However, if Callahan spends the rest of his career on the IR, and it certainly looks like that's going to happen, uh, you know, then the trade doesn't look so bad.
0: <laughs> well, we'll see. I'm not. Uh, listen, uh, I charted. I mean, Ryan Callahan again, great. You know, big favorite of mine. But I, I mean, I, I heard rumors. My sources. I do have my sources. Sources. So I call them spaghetti sauce, meat sauce. But these sauces have told me that, that he was talking about things in the locker room, about his contract, that was not uh, was not good as a captain, and it was kind of disturbing the locker room. Now, he doesn't seem like that kind of guy, but that's what I've heard. So, listen, God bless. It. God bless. Get hurt in Tampa Bay. Get your money. Get your payday. The Rangers, the way they drafted the first round anyway, as we have seen with Dylan McIlwain. Is that in the book, by the way? <laughs> hey, we do we'll cover it the is draft. draft. We do. I was going to say, yep. Russ, best and
4: worst draft picks.
0: <laughs> <Yes, they're, laughs> oh, I know Russ has, been, <laughs> Russ has been on, on target with this one since day one.
4: Oh, <laughs> so, listen. You you know, Russ, if there's one thing Russ loves to say, it's I told you so. And it's this true. book gives him the opportunity. There's, there's plenty of <laughs> I told you so's in there. And, and there is a chapter on the draft, on their best and worst draft picks over the years. And, you know, we're not writing a Ranger book and not mentioning McElrath or Huge Specimen or any of those guys. Right. There's, there's no way we're going to not touch on that.
2: Here's no, the thing, man. though,
4: guys, and this is where –
2: this is where the draft is really important, and I'm not going to hang it all on Gordy because there's other things. There's player development, there's a lot of different things. But at the end what of the claimed? day, when you draft a guy like him, and, and I know yesterday it didn't go over well when you see Tarasenko scoring that goal, and he was the 16th overall pick, and McElrath's taken 10th. I get the frustration, although, you know, there's the Russian factor. I don't totally kill him for that. I would kill him for foul or more. But at the end of the day, this is the year you need McElrath the most. You could live with all the other years of him not being ready, but this is the year they actually needed him to come through, and I don't think he's going to come through. And that's where that pick all of a sudden hurts them.
4: What does it say about Dylan McElrath that they had him up for one game, and now we are already hearing whispers that the Rangers have gone into some moldy, cobweb-filled tomb to bring out (laughs) Tomas (laughs) Thomas Cabrelli.
3: <laughs> to exhume Tom Thomas <laughs> To exhume
4: him. What does that Pretty say? <laughs> I mean if that's not an indictment. Yeah. Jim, what point. what did you say about what did
0: you say about um uh what, the quote about McElrath, about how he doesn't do anything What was it? Something like he doesn't do anything well or something like that.
3: You oh, said at the beginning was, of the program. There, oh, no. Um I think somebody posted in our group that Joe Micheletti – said last night during the game that the Rangers told McElrath that he almost made the team. He just had to improve every facet of his
2: game. (laughs) (laughs) I I will say this in all fairness, though. Um, In all fairness, he did have his kneecap split in four places. And and that's tough to come back from. Right.
0: But Russ, what bugs me is, and I tweeted this, I actually used Uh, Twitter yesterday said, you know what, (laughs) all they need is McElrath to play defense, solid defense. Don't take a fighting major. Don't get distracted. Just be a defensive defenseman. That's all you got to be right now. And what does he do? He gets in a fight with Reeves just because it's a whole ego thing. There was no reason for it. And now, the Rangers have 5D to work with five minutes. He also got a two-minute minor in the first period. If the guys to make any impression, and this is why they probably went to the Chevy Cabriolet, as they call it, He sounds like a car that Chevy puts out. Tom Cabriolet <laughs> is because you can't get this kid, his head ain't screwed on uh, right. If- I'll tell you what.
2: You're right. I was on a show earlier with Kevin Allen, and I brought up Dylan McElrath, and I said, I'm not sure you'll ever see again where a guy plays like 8 minutes and 10 seconds and has 9 minutes of penalty time.
0: Yeah. I mean, that that's that, that exactly right. That sums it up. And if he spent two years with Jeff Bukaboom, who Jeff Bukaboom was not a fighter. I mean, he fought no. when he had People would not fight him anyway because he's such a big dude. But he wasn't a right. fighter. He was a defensive defenseman. He was one of the best at that. If he spent two years with Jeff Bukaboom down in Hartford, or whatever goes down in Hartford, I don't know. I don't think any coach goes on down there whatsoever. <laughs> Especially J.J. <laughs> left. J. I don't know what's going on down there. Oh, There's boy. A disconnect between the Rangers and Hartford is ridiculous. So he comes up, and he's Jeff Bukaboom. He's hey, you're hearing about this. Jeff, he's work with Jeff And then he fights. So he loses the fight, which doesn't even matter. There was no need for that fight. It shows me... His head ain't there,
4: that's the you know, young but see mouth- that's a young kid who that's i mean that's ninety percent of the game for him, isn't it? I mean that's yeah that's, well, well, that's he, doesn't, he doesn't go into it. a that's game it. thinking boy i of course it's bad, but he doesn't go he does not said. go into a game thinking, boy, I just need to I just need to play really sound smart defense, play well in my own end, make a, you know make the good outlet pass, don't worry about doing anything fancy, just play well on my own end. Clear out the garbage in front of Henrik, play physical, don't do anything stupid. That's the way to play. So yeah, you're right. The first thing he does is drop the gloves because that's that's who he is, and to have used a tenth overall pick on that kind of player is it just, you know, it makes you wonder like, what what were they thinking?
0: I mean, highly disappointed in him. Yeah.
4: I, I really am. I mean,
0: I'm just highly disappointed in him. I mean it's and and it's okay. You can, if Tanner Glass, if Tanner Glass <laughs> is your goon, okay, and he fights, he's a forward, okay, he can miss a couple shifts, whatever. But when you're a defenseman, and the other defensemen are Connor Allen, uh, Koska, uh, and uh, uh, Matt Hunwick, uh, you, you're even at more disadvantage. Didn't the, didn't the coach say anything to him about like, listen, you know, play smart. We're shorthanded here. We got the. I'm sure he did,
4: and he I think that's why. He probably did. It. Well, guys, in in fairness to Dylan, when Vigneault is behind the bench and he's chewing his gum, sometimes he may give directions that you don't fully understand <laughs> because the mouth. <laughs> Because the, because the gum chewing is just relentless and it's nonstop, and you think you think maybe he said, "Listen, you need to do this or that," but it's just the gum snapping. You don't know.
3: Right. No, he grind so a gum can... into a diamond by the end of a game.
2: What what you just mouth? What you just said was basically what I had told Adam day one when they drafted him is that you don't want a defenseman that fights, and you you put it exactly why you said exactly why and I totally agree with you. Uh, even on a,
0: a team that's healthy, you don't want
2: this. Right. No. It's it's you know, it's Stu Bickle all
0: over again. I mean uh, it's uh, Stu Bickle is better than Dylan Macaraz. I'm going on record and say that but that's your next book. <laughs> okay. This <laughs>
2: is your next book. Page one. There's a plan. That's a plan let's Stu sell Bickle. this book first. How about that? Yeah. yeah. Well let's
0: well, Jim called me up, and I'm not, not—I'm not you know, I'm just not, I'm not pandering to our guests. Jim calls me up and he goes, you get this book? I go, what book? Oh.
3: <laughs> I'm like, Russ had to put out a book. I
0: go, oh,
1: yeah, that's what This talking was 10 about. minutes
3: before the show, by the way. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, a couple days ago. <laughs> and he goes, this book is phenomenal.
0: He goes, I read the whole thing. And I was like, "Real uh, Really? Well. And I was like so I went out and bought it and uh and I, I haven't read it yet. <coughs> because you know I got such a busy schedule that I can't. You're a busy man. Yeah, I'm a busy man. But I'm jetting out to Florida f- Friday and I'm gonna read it on the I'm gonna read it on a the plane. There you go. But now, I I'm ex-
4: I'm I'm right there with I haven't finished a book in about ten years. I started a uh I started you remember know, the 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 uh the Kramer uh Biography of um, of Joe DiMaggio, a hero's life. Yeah, a very yep. popular book. Came out a while. Ago. I started that book. Fascinating, just an amazing book. I still have not finished it. <laughs> well, this is, ten, this is ten years later. I haven't finished it.
0: Well, one of our sponsors. Uh, one of our sponsors. we have this myriad of sponsors, but we have a sponsor. We're sponsored by uh, Audio uh, Audible dot com, which is audiobooks. So I started getting into
2: that. Now, yep. what would
0: be an audio book of this? Ooh.
2: They haven't uh, asked you, us.
4: Yeah,
2: and it's hard. i would like to get play. Patrick
4: Stewart. Can we can we get Patrick Stewart <laughs> to, to read it? How about,
2: how about in two
3: weeks we'll just do a show and we'll read the book.
2: <laughs> no, but it, it it is it's a it's a legit question and it's interesting because on um, one of my last books on that winter classic book that I put out the the publisher asked if we would do an audio book and I remember my wife was. You know, very into uh, Audible and audiobooks, and, and I listened to some, and we both came to the conclusion that I just can't read an audiobook. There's a lot of acting, and yes. just a, there's an art to it that I don't have. And so we would have to get somebody, and, uh, you know, will it happen? Probably not, but I'm pretty sure Adam and I aren't going to do it. You
4: know, whether they got somebody else,
2: that's a whole other thing.
4: Yeah, I would have, you know, there's a lot of nuances in this, you know, in our writing that is kind of I don't know, I don't know who you would get <laughs> to do something like this. If I'm you not going to pick
0: each of you. If you, uh, you oh, want boy. Patrick Stewart, Adam, who uh, who do you want?
4: I think Patrick Stewart just is so it's such a bizarre choice.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> Patrick Russell, Stewart. Who do you want? James Earl Jones. He he'd
4: be the best. Ooh. <laughs> <James> <laughs> I wanna change my I wanna change my vote to James Earl Jones.
3: Wow. <laughs>
4: what
2: about
3: not Morgan nobody chooses Morgan Freeman? Doesn't he read everything?
2: Yeah. Chapter Ooh, one. That's another now good one. That's another good one. <laughs> it's
0: a good one. Uh Christopher Walken.
3: It was a, no. No.
0: Again uh, and a river of uh, shit.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and came can out can of we Lee do more? can side? you have like different people can you have somebody different for every chapter? Sure, there you go. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried <laughs> <laughs> reads one, one chapter. Yes. No, yes,
2: people will go three minutes into that book. <laughs> <I
3: know.
0: laughs> so from, and that's the saying. Jim, you know, Jim's, you know, he's a harsh critic. He, he would say, hey, "This book is kind of." Uh, no, we
2: know. know, we know, Jim. But
0: <laughs> and when he called me up, he was like. This Awesome because I I read the whole thing.
4: And I'm like, well,
0: yeah, I even went. I went down to Barnes and & Noble and picked it up and everything.
3: And then I
2: told him we
4: were right. um, Yeah, well, that, that probably didn't hurt, right?
2: And, and well, you, thank you very much spent, for that, by the way. You've now spent more money than one of your listeners, Rob House, so we appreciate it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wait well,
2: you're not going to buy the book? He's a friend of yours. He won't spend any money, no. Oh, God.
0: Come on, it's a range of book current. I mean, this is things. I mean, what? I, mean, it's so, I, I just understand how any Ranger fan would not go by this book, especially that you can learn about the history of the Rangers, and especially, uh, and it's a little. I like the fact, and you guys know me, that I am certainly not unbiased. I have no, you know, I don't have a horse in the game, a horse in the race. Like I don't have to worry about the PR people liking me or this and that. So I can kind of get snarky, as you guys said. And this book has the snark. That's what Ranger fans want. They don't want the pablum that we're fed through other media sources, such as MSG and all that stuff. They want our perspectives, the Ranger fans' perspective. And you guys deliver that and articulate it in a way that it's with the people that were there. I mean, Emil Francis is 88. I don't know how long he's going to be on this planet. But you get to hear from Emil about what happened. And, again, uh, you know, so this is – I think it's a fantastic endeavor. I mean, I can't wait to get the thing started.
2: Well, we Rangers appreciate it. It's <laughs> not
0: that it's not expensive
2: yeah. either. It's pretty much the equivalent of, like, two tins of skull. <laughs> <laughs> did, it, did
0: you actually measure that out?
4: I mean, no, I haven't.
0: I'm just guessing. When I, when listen, I listen for $1. $1. 14
4: 95, I mean, you'd be crazy not to buy two, right? Right.
3: That's right.
0: Exactly. And the
4: most the, the, the thing. Look, the the the, the biggest reason. I mean, look, yes, the the Ranger fan has a huge presence in this book. There are great stories in here, past and present. There are great interviews. But the the biggest reason that a Ranger fan should should get this book, I think, is I am driving through Impreza O two with one hundred and ninety nine thousand miles on it, and it's going It may not see the end of the week. Okay.
0: So let's that is the him.
4: number one reason why Ranger fans need to run out the now. <laughs> now go, go, go! Please.
3: Well,
0: very good. I think you guys did a, a great job, and uh, once That's again, good. and you guys are uh, really building a legacy here with these two books as being the go-to guys for for Ranger. For ranger information and and, and books and authors, you like the unofficial ranger authors. And well, wait, I know. But do you know what our next
2: project is together?
0: Oh boy! <laughs>
2: uh,
0: I think Jim, Jim, Jim knows. Subaru, um, uh, Jim, do <laughs> you know? I thought you guys you guys working on that Subaru? Uh, what are you guys <laughs> going to be doing?
2: <laughs> the Mets. Now we're working on a New York Mets book.
4: <sighs> Dead silence. Oh. No, I love it. <laughs> it's so I
3: mean, I, I love, love the Mets, but uh, don't I don't know
0: what is. I mean, what, what are you going to talk about the Mets? <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a
2: number-driven
1: book. <laughs> and it'll
2: it'll I- be very interesting because... Um, it's a little different than your everyday book. We won't say too much about it right this minute, although people can pre, pre-purchase it on Amazon. However, it's called Numbers Don't Lie. But but the real thing is, as you know, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a pretty crazy Met fan. I have a Mets tattoo, and I've been to every opening Where? day since. Where? <laughs> on my shoulder. Okay. I've been to every Met game opening day since 88 consecutively and been to a few more than that. So there will be a lot wow. of good stuff in there. Don't worry. Wow. <laughs> it's still going.
1: I know. <laughs> Got ourselves oh. a
2: ball club.
0: Damn, we're playing the extended version here.
2: Please, give me a that break. That is the extended version. It is. Still going. It's two minutes. It's fabulous. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm sure what's up with that. Guys, do
4: you know... That. Listen, I want to I want to congratulate you two guys. Also, because um, I I, it occurred to me that uh, we came out with the first book five years ago, and at five years ago, I think this you know this was that was probably your first couple of shows. We might have been on your first or one of your first shows, so probably a happy anniversary is yeah. in order for you guys. Five years of 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 uh, of Ranger Talk. That's no BS and. Uh, a I'm lot right. of truth, a lot of humor. It's it's cool. I congratulate you. Thank you.
3: Eddie, I think oh. they missed our notification about the fifth anniversary show back in June. Oh, <laughs>
4: oh wow. we were close. Yeah, and I think we missed our invite to that show. But,
3: oh. oh, there you go. We didn't actually have any guests that night, but we, uh, we did talk about you guys. Yes, but you were our first guests when 100 Ranger Greats came out. Absolutely.
4: Wow. Wow. Wow.
3: That's great. It's an amazing no, just be careful,
4: you know, in two years, you get that seven-year itch, and then, you know, you start fantasizing about other co-hosts. Just... <laughs> <laughs>
3: Eddie already fantasizes about other co-hosts.
4: No,
0: he's, he's mad because I entered a Mad Dog radio contest to, in order to, to get a gig on uh, Sirius. So he thought, oh, you're leaving me and this and that. <laughs> no, no,
2: no. Don't use my name as a recommendation on Sirius. Just because no, I've been on there for 10 years,
0: mad don't do it. Radio. <laughs> but I See, do what you yeah, want. <laughs> I am not so doing radio. This is from
3: like three years ago. I lost the contest.
0: How could I lose? How could I lose?
3: They don't know oh, you like I do. Oh. That oh. No, was a compliment. Oh. Was like that? Compliment. Okay. That's, a, yeah. that's how
2: we lost, because they don't know him like I do. Oh, okay. See now when you say it like that, it, it has a different meaning.
0: Oh. Yeah, no, we we don't uh, we don't take shots at each other. I take shots at Jim once in a while. But gentlemen, it has been an absolute pleasure. Indeed. Uh, th- again, this book is a must pick up. A book you must run to the bookstore, so you can save Adams. Uh, so you can get
2: Adam a new car. Yeah. Uh, a deck. He, he bought a deck once, so
4: maybe he'll get something else this time. Look, yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I'm not looking to get anything fancy. I mean, I'm not, I, I'm not moving up from from Subaru to Mercedes. I mean, I mean, right. for all I know, the next car could be a Kia. But I just well, want one that Focus is a very all. nice car. Focus is very sensible vehicle. <laughs> That's right. There you go.
0: Roommate. Go
4: to go to rangergreats. dot com if you want to learn more about the book, if you want to see what there it looks like, go. and read a little bit about it. Uh, and um, and it's on Amazon. If you if you're in the New York area, it should be in your local bookstore, but it's everywhere now. And uh, check it out. And we have a like book it. signing coming up November twenty second
2: at American Legends with Kevin Klein. And it'll be sometime in the afternoon. We'll we'll hammer out the time. Just keep an eye on Ranger Greats, but it's in Westchester. November twenty second. November twenty second. Hopefully, a lot of okay. you guys can get out there.
0: Oh, you know I'll be there, and maybe Adam's mother can sign the book. Is she going to be there? <laughs> <laughs> I
4: remember that. That. <laughs> that was that was that was the night that Mouth almost became uh, stepdad. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that was a fun night. Not for no, that I... reason, but no, no. no. Uh, but it was a fun night.
3: So I, I'm way, looking before, forward to. It. Before we let you guys go, we're having uh, a viewing party in the city, December twentieth at Percy's Tavern, and we'd love if you guys could join us. That'd be great. Mostly, what we day a to week one is of is that? Our and, viewing I'll try and be there.
4: Is that uh, a weekend, Jim?
3: Uh, Saturday, yeah.
4: Saturday, and, and then I I'm actually going to, to the game on the twenty-first.
2: What kind of establishment is this? It's an uh, Irish, Irish bar. The bar, to get – Get this. Couldn't, couldn't the get a grand, Jewish place? Uh, no, I'm just
3: kidding. The Carnegie Deli won't have us, Russ. All
0: right,
2: all right.
0: Fair enough. The, the bartender, the grandson of Howard Cosell. Oh, wow. wow. Oh. Listener Cosell, the a friend of the show. Yeah.
4: I have I, met him. Yes, good guy, good guy.
2: I'm good a guy. huge Howard Cosell fan. And I'll even go so far as to tell you that in town here in Philly, once in a while, you hear Greg Costell because he works at uh, NFL Films, and he's tremendous. And I think that was really? his nephew. Yes. Wow.
0: Yeah, uh, Colin has some really good memories and does a great imitation of his grandfather. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, of Ranger memories. He, he apparently got into the Rangers
2: towards the end.
0: He, oh, uh, yeah. yeah. He tells a,
3: a, he tells a great speech. Yeah, yeah, about well, Van ben. Beesburg. Who is this wow. John Van Bees? you know, that whole Bees. thing? Beesburg! <laughs> Bees. yeah, no. Why are, Yeah, that's it. Why are they yelling Beeser, Beezer.
2: Yeah, I have to come just for that. That's yeah. amazing. Well, uh, Colin, right.
3: apparently... <laughs> there, oh, here's a
0: baseball one. Colin, apparently a one-armed man is throwing a no-hitter. <laughs> it,
2: if we come, will you have a green room set up for us? Ooh. Uh,
3: yes. yes. Yes, we pro- you'll provide us with your rider, you know, so we have okay. the right type we of water. Always <laughs> certain you know, we- M&Ms. and
2: <laughs> top <laughs> liver. You'd be surprised what's on there. <laughs> okay. No, I wouldn't. I used no to red, meat. red meat. Russ doesn't need
0: red
3: meat. All right, my friend. Well, guys, thank you very much. It's always a pleasure. Go to no, www.rangergreats.com for, www. for more information, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. I hope we get to see you guys at our viewing party. Okay, guys, thank you care. very much. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Have a good okay. night. Bye. Well, Jim, five years. Yes, at least. <laughs> <laughs> five years. So you're more. heading to Florida? You're going to Florida?
0: Yes, I'm going to Fort Lauderdale on oh. Saturday, actually. Uh it's uh my cousin's daughter's wedding. Oh, very nice. And yeah. It's the whole thing. I will be in a suit. It's a formal wow. affair.
3: Wow! Yes, in Lauderdale, very uh, and it's good. Well, at least it won't be too hot. How long we you yeah, be in Florida? Uh, till Monday. Oh, okay. I'll be back Monday, so it's not going to be a long thing. Our next but, show uh, is scheduled for Monday night. Will you be back for for that, or should we move it?
0: It should be back. Okay. If I if I find any anything different, I'll Facebook you.
3: All right. Sounds good. All right, everyone. Long show. Hope you appreciate Long it. Long show. Yep. Good, hey, everybody.
0: everybody.